brewed in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the morning blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Wednesday morning to you, November 8th, 7 a.m. Brenda and Pat with you on to the morning blend. Thank you so much for tuning in. Patrick, it is a foggy start. Oh, but the sun is going to shine. I think I'm going to have to get out and take that walk like we were talking about earlier this week. I want to know, did you rake your leaves? No. I didn't think you did. I Absolutely didn't think you not. did. I, I wanted to think the best of you, Brenda, but <laughs> deep in my heart, I knew you didn't rake the leaves. It, it is an incredible drop of leaves. Now, it looks like we are probably within about, I'd say, three or four days and everything will be down. Okay, so, so I you're feel just like until it all falls I, down. Huh? I, I feel like that should be, yeah, you know, work smarter, not harder. Isn't it something <laughs> like that? The key word is work, though. <laughs> I know. I got to get out there and do something about it. You know what I saw going home yesterday? And I tried to speed up a little bit to see if there was a name on the side of the truck. It was a a, a truck, a flatbed trucker. It had like a, a, you know, a grate or the sides and everything around the back. It was covered and it was full of leaves. And the back of the truck had a giant vacuum on it. Wow. And it had like a big, you know, hose that was big and wide and long. I believe it was a leaf vacuum. How about that? A service that go, will go along and, and just I've heard of these things, but I've never seen up. one of those trucks. I'll have to keep an eye out for that. There was no name on the side of this truck. Branding is important, people. So if you've got a small business or an idea, branding is important because I would have called that number. It could have been a city vehicle, too. So you yeah, never know. Never know. They, they're usually pretty prominent about their branding. Guess what I saw yesterday? What'd you this see? This got me excited. I mean, really excited. As you know, I had uh, meetings at the Grotto yesterday. Uh-huh. They are getting the lights up. And I mean, in a big way, getting the lights up. It almost felt like the it, it was the festival starting. So, okay. So, you know, the, the, the Christmas Festival of Lights and over... I think it's over two million. Chris uh, Blanchard says over a million. It's well over. I mean, it's over two million. It's got to be. I mean, lights everywhere. But they're out there stringing them up and putting the displays up and really, you know, testing them out, getting the color combinations right. It was really exciting to see. We are two and a half weeks from the opening of the Festival of Lights. Two and a half weeks. That's it. So people are starting to make plans. I'm starting to make plans. I'm trying to, we're trying to, we're going to have a house full of people. So I'm trying to figure out where <laughs> I'm going to sleep everybody. So that's a, that's a good challenge to have in it's, a household in the holidays. A full house at Thanksgiving. You just can't beat it. And at Christmas too. Uh, I'm headed home, as you know, to, to go to Texas. So, you know, that's, we're going to have a full house too at my sister. So it's going to be, it's going to be a blast. So speaking of preparations in our household, Patrick, I did something last night too. I have been waiting, let's see, 2019, 20, 21, 22, 23, Four years. For four years, this box has been in my closet, and I finally got it out. When I took that wonderful trip, the good deacon and I went to Portugal. We spent a day in Fatima. My souvenir that I brought home with me was a family christening gown. Now, in our family, boys and girls, all of them wear a gown. Now, I there was a family gown that my grandmother had purchased for her first grandchild. And me and my brother, all my cousins, we wore the gown. It was put away for a while. And then 
all of my children, my cousins, my brother. I think there's something like 20, 25 babies baptized in this little gown. Wow. But it's frail and uh-huh, it was starting sure. to get holes in it. So in my thinking, I wanted to have that for a family. I didn't even have married kids at the time. I got that out of the closet because the Sunday after Thanksgiving, my granddaughter is going to be christened. Little, little oh. Rosemary. So oh. we had to put her in this little gown to make sure it fit because, you know, babies get to a certain <laughs> age and it's not the body, but, you know, the, the little arms start and their faces start to fill in and she's looking mighty healthy. So it's like, let's see if this is going to fit her. Oh, it fit her for sure. She looked like a little porcelain doll. because All the way from Fatima. Though. All the way from wow. Fatima. I, In fact, I was so... Um, moved to have this and to carry this home that I actually have the bag that has Fatima Portugal on the the printing of the bag that they gave it to me from the shop. I even put that inside the box so that way long into the future it'll be remembered. That, uh, Isn't that cool? You're sowing this legacy with your I first granddaughter, so. and and it's just going to go on and on, and it goes back to Our Lady of Fatima. Yeah. So the next project I have for this, and somebody gave me this idea too, because they had a family gown, they embroidered or a little stitched inside the hem the names of each baby that got baptized in the gown. Wow, that's so cool. I'm going to do a little back stitching in the hem. And uh, get Rosemary's name put in there. So that way, well, she'll be the first little name on that gown. How special is that? Our that faith, is awesome. Our faith is a legacy. I feel so, so blessed to be able to do this. I still can't believe you're a grandma. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm the hippest grandma around. So, well, for a Wednesday, we got a great show ahead for you. We Patrick, sure do. what do you got coming up? I want to tell you, the folks at Catholic Charities, I had a chance to run into Natalie Wood, who uh, leads Catholic Charities of Oregon yesterday, too. And uh, they are doing some amazing things in Clackamas County. We're going to tell you all about that too. And in a desperate attempt to save the life of a child, the Italian government grants citizenship to an English baby so might she might receive care at the Vatican Hospital. Ooh. This is quite an interesting story, not without its controversies too. So we'll talk a little bit more about that in news. So we're going to start things now with John Finch and a walk by faith. And we are Brenda and Pat on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. There are days that I still long for purpose To see the plans that you have willed for me Though sometimes I am walking through the valley
can't see, I can't see And you've gone before me, before me And I will walk by faith I will walk by faith Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. That's John Finch, Walk by Faith. It's the Morning Blend with Pat and Brenda, 710. And when we come back, what does the voice of God sound like? We'll find out when Brenda talks with Bob Schrift next. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Holy Cross Priest Father Jim Gallagher in prayer with the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. For all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for sin, for the intentions of all my friends and associates, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatriDayRadio.com. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Tara Umara Children's Hospital Fund of Oregon. The TCHF has a 20-year history that is now focusing on the sustainability to support the long-term efforts of the mission in the Copper Canyon region of Mexico. Information is available on their website at tchforegon.org. The Catholic Church dedicates the month of November to the Holy Souls in Purgatory. Join Mater Dei Radio as we unite with the communion of saints. We pray daily for the souls of all the faithful departed and for the intentions of the living through our broadcast of the celebration of the Holy Mass, the Holy Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and uplifting spiritual reflections. We also pray for your specific intentions on Mater Dei Radio's prayer hotline. Our dedicated team of intercessors is ready to hear from you now at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Or send your intention through MatraDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. 
Unite with us throughout November as we pray for the holy souls and your intentions. At Matrade Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 713 at Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Onward through the fog. We have got plenty of it this morning. Should burn off around 9 o'clock or so. Otherwise cloudy through mid-morning. Then we are going to see lots of sunshine mm-hmm. this afternoon. Good leaf raking weather. High up to 52. Increasing clouds tonight. Low down to 38. Bundle up. Going to be a little chilly. And then the rain is back tomorrow afternoon. Sorry to say. High tomorrow. Only 49 with Ooh. a 80 percent chance of rain so enjoy that sunshine this afternoon and rake those leaves. i'm gonna do it today for sure currently 45 degrees at our lady of lords catholic church in vancouver and it's 47 at saint henry in gresham have you ever longed for a direct connection with the divine but how can imperfect beings like us have this type of encounter with god well in his new book god speaks an imperfect path to hearing God's voice. Bob Shrimp invites you to step out of the shadows of life and embark on a profound spiritual journey. Bob encourages all of us to embrace a unique perspective on prayer, one that transcends mere meditation and immerses you in direct conversational communion with God. Bob is a devoted pastoral associate at St. Charles Borromeo Parish in beautiful San Diego, where he has dedicated his life to serving and inspiring the Catholic community. And he's joining me this morning. Good morning, Bob. Thanks so much for joining us on The Morning Blend. Hey, Brenda. Thank you so much for having me. I'm all excited to be up with you and your listeners up in the Northwest. I was so excited as we were preparing for our interview. I was telling you about the fact that I'm a SoCal girl myself, and it turns out we know a whole lot of the same people. It's just really an incredible opportunity to talk with you. I'm looking forward to this discussion. First, for our listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself and some of the great work you've been able to accomplish in the field of evangelization. Yeah, sure. I, I'll, I'll try to do it quickly. There's a lot that goes on that makes up Bob Shrimp, but I started as a youth minister back in the 80s. I was a graduate from Franciscan University. I, I had grown up in North County, as we had spoken. We were very close, almost neighbors up there. <clears throat> Always been involved in the church, big family, 10 brothers and sisters. My pop passed away when I was a little boy. Church was very instrumental in, in my formation and growing up and being there for me at a very difficult time. Getting out of Steubenville, I ran a ministry for about uh, almost 35 years called the Gathering Youth Ministry down here in San Diego area, and we grew it from about 20 to 30 kids when I first arrived to over 700 kids meeting every week, and that led to a call from my old school. Father Mike Scanlon was president at University of Steubenville, and now called Franciscan University, and they had this little conference on campus, and they were trying to figure out what to do with it and how to grow it, and they gave me a call and said, you're you're literally your weekly meetings are as big as our conference. What are you doing? And so I flew out there and I was uh, able to meet with Jim Beckman and a few others. And we rewrote the Steubenville conference and we took it off campus and brought it around the United States. And so for a dozen years, as I was doing the youth ministry, I was also double dipping as the host for Steubenville conferences and getting them around the country and became a trainer at Life Teen. I would go out there in Arizona and train the Life Teen ministers. I worked at church partnership with Young Life. 
So I, w- I was involved in ministry all over the place. I, I, I never really stopped. And, and today I'm a pastoral associate at a parish down here in San Diego with your beloved father, John Amsbury, who used to be a Portland diocesan priest and is now down here in San Diego. We were roommates in college, and so we're working together down here in San Diego. And that has led me to this day where I've decided to write some books and share a little bit more about my experiences as I have now turned into an old man. <laughs> oh, perhaps in years, but definitely not in excitement and and just real heart for our Lord in evangelization and for youth. I, I would love to talk to you a moment about this, because as we were talking in preparation, you are friends with my youth minister that I grew up in high school knowing. And what I remember so well and and believe in my heart to this day is my faith and my passion for my faith is really hinged and and based on that youth minister for our young people today as parents now we're starting to realize how so many of them feel lost in this day and age and there are so many things online technology things that we never had to deal with that is drawing them away from the church what can you say to us parents in, in working with teens for many, many years that gives us hope to know that there is still a place for young people in the church? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think the world, you know, technology changes a lot. So I think a lot of times when we say the world's changing, we're saying technology has changed. And technology then changes the playing field. And uh, it has its challenges, right? My generation... I can remember my grandparents saying, turn that boob tube off. They called the TV the boob tube. You get that thing off. You just stare at that all day long. And, um, you know, so we have we have challenges. There was a, a study that came out of UCLA recently, and it referenced uh, the COVID era and the, teen, the kids coming out of COVID. Sure. And the depression, the separation, the anxiety that they're all experiencing are epidemic portions. But they found a common thread for teens that did not experience these things, that that were more well-adjusted and adjusted in society and in faith and in relationships that weren't going through all these anxieties and depressions and suicidal thoughts. And the common thread they found, and it's not a religious study, it's just a study, anthropology, on uh, they, they had five adult relationships in their life, meaningful adult relationships. And I, I study, I'm just finishing up a master's right now, and we've been studying a lot of, uh, of these um, trends out there and what to do with youth ministry in the future. But that struck me as, as very pivotal. You said that your youth ministry was very impactful in your life. Mm-hmm. I, I can point to a lot of teens that would say the same about me. I could say that about the priests and others that were in my life growing up. It's adult relationships and that mentorship. Because a teen and a, uh, having a good friend as a teen, teen to teen, peer to peer, not so deep. You're not going to get, you're going to get, oh, do what makes you feel good. You're not going to get the best advice. But adults in your life, it makes a lot of sense. The more that you can surround your kids with healthy adults, the more well-adjusted and healthy they will be. So, for example, my son, when he turned 16, I picked uh, eight or nine of men in his life, brothers, uncles, um, men in my youth ministry, a priest, friends, and I asked each one of them to take him out and in the course of a couple of days, they all got a couple hours with him. And I said, just share with them advice on what you think is important being a man. And so I, I would do things like that, just keeping adults into my kids' lives and speaking into their lives. Of course, I wanted a Christian influence in there, too. 
But um, that, that I think, if you, if you ask me in a nutshell, I would take a deep breath if I was a parent and just say, make sure you're connecting your kids to family, to friends, to priests, to uh, uh, teachers, anybody in their lives that can speak truth into their in life and spirit and be a good role model. Make sure they're interacting with them. And I think our world today, because of the abuse, and on and on and on, we tend to pull kids away and separate them out. And they're missing a really important part of development and growth in faith and just in maturity. Mm. Oh, amen to that. And for you, I would also say for several of my kids, in fact, I think all three of my daughters all had an opportunity to attend a Steubenville conference, Steubenville Mm -hmm. Northwest. I think they Mm -hmm. got an opportunity to go in San Diego, even in Texas before. And they all came back with the same thing. Mom, to kneel in adoration with thousands Mm -hmm of people my own age. Mm -hmm. It was so incredibly inspiring to know that they weren't alone in their faith. And there were many people that had strong faith who also had questions who were trying to find their way to closer relationship to God. And they said, well, so much of that experience they realized at the Steubenville conference. So what a wonderful gift that that conference is to so many young people around the world. This morning, I am speaking with Bob Shrimp. He is the author of a new book, God Speaks, An Imperfect Path to Hearing God's Voice. He's joining me to talk more about it, but Bob... <laughs> I've already come up against my break. You can't. You can't. <laughs> oh, well, so here's what we need to do. I'm going to have to pause, go into a break for a moment. So that way, when we come back, we can talk more about your book. Can you stay with me this morning? Absolutely. Thank you. 723 at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's the Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat. And this is the month we pray for the holy souls in purgatory. And we want to pray for your loved ones. But you need to take the first step and contact our prayer hotline. And then we get those prayer warriors in motion. Just go online, mytodayradio.com, click the pray button. Or it's even easier to do it on the Hail Mary Media app. And let us pray for you at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hello, this is Emily Jaminette with A Mother's Moment. Nothing can be more challenging than figuring out the logistics for a large family. It seems like the pace of life picks up when your house is full of big kids and little kids. Finding a balance between what to do can be a real challenge. These are days when I wonder if I can really meet the needs of a large family, ranging from 3 to 15 years old. As Catholics, we need to turn to Christ to help us run our home. Christ cares about us, for nothing is too big or too small for Him. In 1 Peter 5, verse 7, it states, Cast all your anxieties upon Him, for He cares for you. As mothers, we have a lot of anxieties that can keep us up at night. The key is to trust in Christ to help meet you in your family's needs and know what to prioritize. When we prioritize our activities, 
and pray about how to spend our time, we can gain a better perspective on our life and how we are going to live it. Let us pray. Dear Lord, show us what you want for our children and how they can grow up into healthy and happy Catholic adults. Amen. May we be a light in this world by growing in our faith. season comes football and tailgating and there's no better way to score a touchdown than by passing that old vehicle of yours to Mater Day Radio. We're happy to accept your donation of a car, truck, van, RV, or boat. It's quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you. Not only that, you are joining a winning team that's supporting a faith-filled Catholic broadcast. So score some points by checking out our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend. Check out our podcast at materdayradio.com. 725 at Mater Day Radio, the Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat, and the new college football playoff rankings are out, and the Ducks and the Beavs are in the mix. We'll tell you all about that just ahead. And all they're trying to do is save the life of their child, so the Italian government steps in so that the Vatican Hospital can give them the care they wish. I'll have that story for you coming up in news in just three minutes. This is Marie Miller. You're not alone. And we are Brenda and Pat on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, bridge between your faith and everyday life.
Dr. Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. You're not alone. That's Marie Miller. It's 7.30. And in your news this morning, the Vatican's pediatric hospital has offered to treat eight-month-old baby Indy Gregory after a British court ruled that she be removed from life support against her parents' wishes. Gregory, who was born in February, suffers from a rare degenerative mitochondrial disease and has been receiving life-sustaining treatment on a ventilator at the Queen's Medical Center in Nottingham, England. After England's high court ruled that it was in the child's best interest to be taken off life support, Gregory's parents appealed to take her to Rome for treatment, an appeal that was denied by a British judge over the weekend. The Italian government decided in an emergency meeting on Monday to grant the critically ill child Italian citizenship and to cover the cost of her medical treatment at the Vatican's Bambino Jesu Hospital. With a newly granted Italian citizenship, the child's parents, Dean Gregory and Claire Staniforth, can appeal to the Italian consulate in Britain to request that their daughter be airlifted to Italy for treatment. Ohio voters approved a constitutional amendment on Tuesday that ensures access to abortion and other forms of birth control. Ohio became the seventh state where voters decided to give abortion access after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last year. It was the only state to consider a statewide abortion issue uh, in yesterday's election. The outcome of the intense off-year election could be a bellwether for the 2024 presidential year when Democrats hope the abortion issue energizes voters. Voters in Arizona, Missouri, and elsewhere are expected to vote on similar abortion measures next year. The Knights of Columbus reached a major milestone this month when they donated their one millionth coat through their Coats for Kids program on November 6th during an event held at Annunciation Catholic School in Denver. Supreme Knight Patrick Kelly took part in the distribution of nearly 1,000 new coats to underprivileged children in five Denver Catholic schools. The donation of coats was accompanied by a donation of $10,000 to each of the five schools involved. Since 2009, the Knights have provided high-quality new winter coats to children in need, with coats being distributed in 49 U.S. states and all 10 Canadian provinces. Coats have been distributed on U.S. military bases and Native American and First Nation reservations in the U.S. and Canada. Kelly pointed out that the Knights are seeing an increased need for coats this year. Congratulations to them. The the work of the Knights of Columbus, they are are incredible men, along with their wives and families who just tirelessly donate a million. I can't even imagine a million coats, what that would look like. Uh, You know, this ministry wouldn't be here without the Knights. They are so supportive of us. Thank you, guys. Our brother Knights are awesome. And speaking of awesome, the folks at Catholic Charities of Oregon are pretty awesome, too. Clackamas County, Catholic Charities of Oregon, and Partners opened Good Shepherd Village yesterday with 142 affordable apartment homes in Happy Valley. Good Shepherd Village sets a tone for affordable housing in Oregon's smaller communities, where until now the notion has been that major affordable housing developments are something just for Oregon's big cities. 
The colorful development includes the 1,000th home created under the $652 million Metro housing bond passed by Portland area voters in 2018. Good Shepherd Village will be home to hundreds of families, seniors, and veterans who have struggled with the region's high housing cost. Residents who have been homeless will receive social services and case management provided by Catholic Charities of Oregon and funded by Clackamas County. The village is the first affordable housing in Happy Valley and the largest development of its kind in Clackamas County. And the Vancouver City Council on Monday voted to approve an emergency declaration related to homelessness in the city. The state of emergency will give the authority to unilaterally issue executive orders on homelessness while it remains in effect. According to city officials, efforts to address homelessness in Vancouver over the last several years have not been able to equal the growing complexity and scale of the issue. The emergency declaration is supposed to allow the city more flexibility in making quick decisions and used only in the most critical of situations. In the declaration itself, the city cites the influx of fentanyl as a major contributor of unsheltered homelessness, reducing the ability of outreach workers to engage with people on the street. The city's homelessness response team reported seeing a rise in untreated mental and behavioral health issues, weapons and violence, environmental hazards, and overdoses. And according to city officials, the emergency declaration won't just allow them to be more aggressive in clearing problem camps. Campsites, it will allow them to expedite opening more shelter. In sports, Ohio State remained number one in the college football playoff rankings last night with Georgia, Michigan, and Florida State following the Buckeyes as the selection committee stood pat with its top eight teams. Washington was fifth, followed by Pac-12 rival Oregon, Texas, and Alabama at eighth. Oregon State was 12th in the poll at 6-2. and two. Now, next weekend, we're going to see some changes. This weekend, we've got some great matchups. Uh, Georgia and Michigan both f- facing some uh, big opponents. Bulldogs hosting Mississippi, the committee's ninth-ranked team, and the Wolverines visit Penn State, which is ranked number 10, Washington also plays a ranked team this weekend, hosting number 18 Utah in Seattle on Saturday. The month of November dedicated to the Holy Souls, and many people take this time this month to go visit loved ones in cemeteries. Well, when visiting a cemetery, especially one that has a rich history behind it, maybe even some very old headstones, you'll likely encounter some various symbols that are etched in each gravestone. Now, some are obviously related to the specific person buried there, but others are more general and related to Christian concepts. To help you decipher these symbols, here are five of the most common and their Christian meaning. I, I'm interested in this because I, I'll wander around. Uh, we're very close to the cemetery here. It's sure. a nice place to walk and, and uh, you know, and pray. And uh, so I see some of these symbols. I really don't know what they are. Sure. Well, the first one then that's most common, it'll say R.I.P. And we say that is rest in peace. But it is originally for the Latin term requiescat and pace. I yes. think I've said that right. And that is actually part of that longer prayer for the deceased. Eternal rest grant unto him, O Lord. Let perpetual light shine upon him. May he rest in peace. Amen. So that's part of the prayer. Rest in peace. That's where it comes from. The next one is an anchor. Now, if I run across an anchor, I presume, oh, this person must have been in... (laughs) 
the Navy, right? It's some sort of service memorabilia. Well, in the early centuries of Christianity, the symbol was adopted by Christians and often used in Roman catacombs. It's believed that part of the inspiration came from the following passage in the letter of Hebrews, where it says, we have this as a safe and steadfast anchor for the soul, a hope that enters into the inner shrine behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. Oh, that's I from see that Hebrews. all the time. And it's like, An anchor. what's the anchor? Okay. Steadfast anchor of the soul. Isn't that beautiful? Good to know. IHS. Now you will see this during, dating that all the way back to the third <laughs> century. Christians shortened the name of Jesus by only writing the first three letters of his name in Greek. I-H-E. Okay. So I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce what it means, but that's the just the first three letters of his name in Greek. Clasped hands. Clasped hands. A common symbol on gravestones is two clasped hands can represent many different things. It could mean a farewell to earthly life, a welcoming of heavenly life, or a promise to living family members that they will be waiting for them in eternity. And then the last one you may see is a wreath. A common symbol used in classical Christian art is the laurel wreath or crown. In the ancient world, the crown signified many things and Christianity adopted it to signify the crown that is awarded to those who go to heaven. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And today at 11 a.m. might be a good time to take a trip down to Mount Angel all are welcome to join the St. Mary's Parish there for a massive anointing of the sick, followed by a potluck in the parish center. Join in this time of prayer and support those who are ill and for their caregivers. And remember, you can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, it's a very compelling interview. You're going to want to stick around for the second part. Brenda continues listening to the voice of God with Bob Shrip next at Mater Day Radio. The Benedictine Brewery Tap Room is a place of hospitality and fellowship, a place where all who come are welcome and where the peace of nearby Mount Angel Abbey permeates. Come for the beer, return to share the spirit of the monks of Mount Angel who brew craft beer in the tradition of the Belgian monks of old using local waters and hops grown on Abbey land. Taste and believe. Learn more at benedictinebrewery.com. That's benedictinebrewery.com. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand that together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree. But we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 
741 at Mater Day Radio. The morning blend with Pat and Brenda. Still a little fog lingering out there, but don't worry. It's going to burn off, and we're going to have a beautiful sunny afternoon. High uh, going to head up to about 52. Then tonight, we've got increasing clouds. Low dropping to 38. And tomorrow doesn't get very warm. We've got the rain coming back and a high only 49. 80% chance of rain tomorrow. So get out and enjoy the sunshine today. Break your leaves. Uh, (laughs) Currently 45 degrees at Our Lady of Lourdes Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 43 at St. Mary's in Mount Angel. And I am back with author Bob Shrimp. He is joining me today. We had intended in our first half hour to talk about his (laughs) new book, God Speaks. But, well, God led us in a little bit of a different direction this morning. Bob has so graciously stayed with us so we can continue our discussion this morning. Bob, thanks so much for staying with us. Oh, I appreciate it. And I, I do have to say, when we talked about the conferences before the break, one of the things that your daughters experienced in that adoration, you were talking about how they, they, they got so much out of adoration. And I've been to uh, seven World Youth Days, too, so I've actually been with millions of teens in adoration and uh, seen that dynamic, and obviously with my own ministry. But one of the things our teens need is they need to know they're not alone. And mm-hmm. I think when they, they're in strength in numbers, right, you're there, and a lot of times even the adoration will evoke an emotional response. And we get some Sometimes we would get some criticism at Steubenville conferences because of that. Oh, it's just all in motion. And what I, what I think what we miss is that there's a connection they're making not only to the Eucharist there, but to those around them, that life's tough. And teenagers do have a lot on, on, on their shoulders, and, and they, they hold in so much. And they're attacked from media and TV, social media. Everything around them is, is negative and pulling them down, and yet we expect them to all of a sudden be these perfect people walking around and a night like that allows them their their guard comes down they realize Mm -hmm. everybody else in that room also is with them and boy that that can bring about a pretty strong change in attitude and mind and heart absolutely and it is a true gift for the the faith relationship of so many young people so if you are near a steubenville conference please definitely check it out and find a way to get your young people to it sign up Well, Bob, just recently on the morning show, we talked about how St. Francis de Sales said, just because you pray the rosary every day doesn't make you holy if you do it with an empty heart. Now, in your book, you unfold a fresh and unconventional view of prayer that goes beyond the ordinary. Because I've got to tell you, I'm very much interested in this because I've made it a habit this year. I have prayed the rosary every day going home from work. But sometimes what I have found was I fall into what St. Francis de Sale is, that I'm just repeating words that I've known my whole life. And I'll mm-hmm. get down the road and go, wait a second, how did I get on this fourth mystery? Because I haven't been paying attention and I haven't been allowing myself to dive into this. And I've been praying maybe with more of an empty heart. So tell our listeners a little bit about how you get into that in your book, this unconventional view of prayer. Yeah, I appreciate that. The set forms of prayers that the church has are novenas, our rosaries, and I am a huge fan of the rosary. So mm-hmm. that would be another, you'll get me in on another radio show for the rosary. I'm happy to talk about that. And the fact that you even mentioned St. Francis de Sales, who is the patron saint of journalists, and we're talking about my book, we're tying this all in very nicely today, very Catholic of us. But the the when you have a formal prayer, a set of prayers that that's more of a new, uh, uh, um, 
I could go into a, the whole science behind counting on a rosary, what it does to your brain, how it opens it up to, to God, the creative side, how the analytical side can shut down because you're counting numbers. So it, it actually does free open the creative space of your brain. But I want to actually just move this a little further and talk about personal prayer. So this is a little different. This is prayer, me sitting down before the Lord and, 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 um, and having a set prayer time where I will interact with him and he will interact with me. And that's the key to prayer, is prayer is a conversation with God. And the thing that is missing, and especially in these formal prayers, is we don't have the listen to God part, because the conversation is me talking, and it's me listening. And for me, the most important part of that prayer is to listen. He is our shepherd. We are to know his voice. How do you know his voice? How do you know how to follow him? And that's what I love to open up in the book. And I have some chapters in there that are really uh, inspiring and life-changing of God intervening directly into my life by speaking uh, such, a, such a strong word that I acted on it. And, I, and if I can, I want to break open one quick chapter to give you an example of what I'm talking about yes. here about how we learn to listen to God. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to happen all at once. And the book has little steps that will help open up your heart and your mind and your soul to listening to God and how to identify his voice. Because we have a, we have a conscience and God speaks through that conscience. So on the cover of my book, if you get it, you can get it up on Amazon right now. You can look at it. There's a picture of a boy going down in the water and there's a hand underneath him. That's a story of my son who drowned. And my daughter, who was a few months old, was in my lap and I think she was kind of gumming through a peanut butter sandwich or something I was giving her. We were all talking when God spoke. And I just heard him say, get up and go to the pool. So I get up and I hear the voice. I pray a lot. It was, we were all talking, just having a normal family conversation. And I hear this voice. So I get up and I walk up to the pool. I look down at the bottom of the pool and I see my son's shirt. And I'm like, that's weird. How did his shirt get up here? And then I see my son. Mm. And, uh, and he drowned. But there's God intervening, and that's why the hand is underneath that point, because God had him. And he called me up there to save that life. I don't know why some parents lose their children. I don't know why some drown, some don't. Some are, God intervenes here, and he doesn't intervene there. I just know that day, because I had trained myself through years of prayer and listening to God, I heard a voice. I heard his voice, and I acted on it. Now, that's a big story, right? Um what I want people really to focus in on is every day he can come to you in prayer and he can give you that guidance and lead you. And it's such a comfort knowing that you're doing his will. And that that's ultimately by our baptism, we are called to serve God, right? That's how we serve him. Listen to him and do what he asks. Bob, as a parent hearing this story, my heart just aches and what a beautiful and precious gift our children are to us and whether we have them for just a few years or for a whole lifetime they are his they are god's and we are just always open to be blessed by who they are and how they make us grow in just yeah, our, our own kids, relationship kids are amazing to god. and they're going to teach us a lot too right oh, <laughs> we grow oh, up a lot around our our kids for sure 
yeah. there are going to be stories upon stories in this book where you're going to see me uh, struggling. My mom was passing of cancer. I had a friend uh, who was in a car accident who told me he thought he was going to die. And we had this conversation and first person I ever prayed with and, and shared my faith with because he was so afraid of that. Uh, a mom who thought she had just lost her son because no one ever evangelized to him and she was heartbroken. And I got to call her and say, no, no, no. The day before he died, he was in my living room and we were sharing the, the sh- talking about Christ and we prayed together about his relationship. So, so many different ways that God breaks into our world and these stories in the book, you're going to hear God speaking to me and others and how he works through that. But ultimately, I'm going to bring the reader to a point where you can sit in a living room, take 15 minutes out, and you can have this very intimate, structured time that I really believe trains your intellect, your will, your, your, your conscience, if you would, to form and hear God's voice and become a much more effective follower. And you know what? I'm going to give you one more thing. If I can tell all your listeners one thing, God's speaking to you right now. And you know what he's saying? He's saying that I love you. Hmm. My, my, my spiritual advisor in college, used to always say this, don't leave prayer until you feel God's arms around you. And I used to love that image, that God isn't there to scold us. He isn't there to um, tell us how lousy we are. That's the accuser, right? Satan's got the name the accuser. The Holy Spirit has the name as the advocator. So God advocates for us. The Spirit advocates for us. If you're in prayer and you're hearing negative, well, let me tell you, (laughs) that's not God's side of the equation. Mm -hmm. That's Satan's side. He wants to accuse. He wants to hold you down and make you feel you're not worth it. But the Holy Spirit comes, and he is a great advocator in Christ and God who can only love, want to pour out that love and that blessing on us. And that's what prayer is becomes it becomes this beautiful time of love and prayer and uplifting and encouragement that's what prayer is and i think we get unfortunately the wrong impression sometimes of prayer and it becomes this drudgery and i'm not good and i'm sinful and i'm bad and all these things come up and it's no 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 no. god doesn't want to take us there he wants to heal forgive and move us forward and that's all done with great love and great concern for those who you know for us And Bob, with great love and concern for all of us, you've written this wonderful book. The name of it is God Speaks, An Imperfect Path to Hearing God's Voice. I am so excited about reading this for our listeners who have been hearing your stories, sharing your life so openly. Where can they get a copy for themselves and also find out more about your ministry? Yeah, the the book is easy. It's on Amazon. And the book came out, and within a week, we were a number one bestseller in two different categories. And we were number two in Catholic books, but I'm behind the uh, Catechism of the Catholic Church. I can't, I don't think I'm going to pass that. <laughs> okay, that, that, that one's <laughs> been published just a little bit longer than yours, yeah. too. So we'll give yeah, you some time so, and see. Wow. So, uh, you can find it on Amazon, and uh, I have a website, bobshrimp.com. And the last name is, the, I was, my dad always said, the seafood with an F. That's it? Well, it's got a C in there, too. It's S-C-H-R-I-M-P-F. But uh, I'd be blessed if... I just really want people to know this is the ministry of my whole life. I've never... I I don't want to say never, but what what I've always tried to do in my my life is serve the Lord and share this great, amazing journey that He's given me and let others know the possibilities of what it is to follow Him. And you know what? It's not... It's not who we are, it's whose we are. And we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're the son and the daughter here, and, and we got to live in that. And you will be so much more happy, so much more fulfilled uh, in life when, when you figure that piece of the puzzle out. So Amazon.com and 
keep that book up there in the high rankings. That's that's all I care about. I, I, uh, I'm just so thrilled that it's doing what it's doing because the professionals said it wouldn't. Just placing your faith in God and letting him take care of the rest and just wait and see what he can do. Bob, it is just great to be able to have this conversation with you. Thank you so very much for your time and for writing and sharing in such a wonderful book. Absolutely. My pleasure. God bless you and your listeners. I'll be praying for you. Oh, thank you. And we will be praying for you too. And again, that is author Bob Shrimp. The name of the book is God Speaks. An Imperfect Path to Hearing God's Voice. I will include a link to where you can purchase a copy for yourself and also read more about Bob and his ministries. I'll attach that link to the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Mater Day Radio, 754 on the Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat. Brenda, I got a big lump in my throat. Wow. It Bob was, is one of the most strong, strong men I've ever heard in my life. That is, how does he do that? It was an incredible story that he shared. And in fact, just for time's sake, I did have to edit it so that way we could hear it on the show today. But on the podcast at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app, I'm going to put our full discussion on there. And awesome. you might want to have as a parent a tissue around because he just <sighs> dives so deeply into the tragedy, but more importantly, his faith coming out of it. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful story. And he is so open and willing to share it for all of us. So you're going to find that full podcast, that full interview uh, later today. And if you don't have the Hail Mary Media app, why not? It's free, unlike some of those other apps out there. Get your hands on it. You can get all the details online at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBBM, Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator, K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. This is Dina Marie, host of The Voice of the Shepherd, inviting you to join me on my weekly podcast, Faith Moments with Dina Marie, where I proclaim and ponder the Sunday Mass readings, a perfect way to enhance your study of sacred scripture. My Faith Moments podcast is found on your favorite podcast platform or on the Hail Mary Media app. It's easy to download and absolutely free. Check it out today. The Faith Moments with Dina Marie podcast made available thanks to Matrade Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's the cup that refreshes the morning blend on Day Radio. 755 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life and what's going on in Portland schools with the strike. We've got an update for you. Hopefully things are getting better. And a sad farewell as the giant pandas heading home to China for good. What? I'll have an update on the story from the National Ling Zoo Ling? right after Awaken the Saint. 
Hey everyone, I'm Colleen with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. May my life be a continual prayer, a long act of love. These words came from a Carmelite sister who you may or may not have heard of. Saint Elizabeth of the Trinity was born in France in 1880 and grew up in Dijon just a few hundred feet from a Carmelite monastery. As a child, Elizabeth was both brilliant and terrifying. While being a gifted pianist and student, she was also prone to fiery temper, had a naturally noisy nature, and stubbornness. This made her a difficult child to deal with. Her mother at one point actually threatened to send her away to a correctional school, going so far as to pack her bags. Elizabeth responded by making repeated sincere apologies and attempting to control her wild emotions. But it wasn't until she received her first communion at age 11 and visited the Carmelites of Dijon that she had a true change of heart. During her visit, the prioress revealed to Elizabeth that her name means house of God. She reflected on this revelation and decided that if her name meant something so profound, perhaps that was what God wanted her to be. She decided to no longer be controlled by her temper. This was easier said than done, however, and her spirituality grew with fits and pains at odds with her natural temperament. After confessing one particularly long and loud tantrum to her parish priest, he told her that she would either die a saint or a demon. There were no other possibilities. Elizabeth decided she would work towards sainthood. And although she still succumbed to her fiery nature from time to time, she was beginning to develop a habit of contemplative prayer. She continued to meet with the prioress and used her free time to instruct children and adults in the catechism. In 1901, with the consent of her mother, she entered the Carmelite cloister at the age of 21. She burned brightly in cloistered life, growing in spiritual maturity and wisdom. Five years later in 1906, she died after suffering with a stomach ailment called Addison's disease. Although her life in the convent was cut short, she managed to write several works and letters which include powerful prayers, retreats, and spiritual insights, making a massive impact upon the church. Elizabeth saw her mission on earth as a guide for souls. She worked to lovingly draw people out of themselves and into great silence so that they could fully encounter God in their hearts. She abandoned herself to the divine will even as she suffered with her sickness. But like St. Therese of Lisieux, her sufferings only made her love for Christ that much sweeter. Sometimes we can use our own bad habits, personality flaws, or personal struggles as excuses not to grow in holiness. But if we truly recognize, like Elizabeth did, that each of us is meant to be a house of God, we can find the strength to overcome the difficulties life has thrown at us. No one's path to holiness is easy, and no two are exactly the same. But with prayer and abandonment to the divine will, each of us can become a saint. Saint Elizabeth of the Trinity, pray for us. Awaken the Saint is made in partnership by Spoke Street Media and Awaken Catholic. And for more information on the saints and prayers for the saints, you can just pick up the Hail Mary Media app and find it right there from MatraDayRadio.com. It's 8 o'clock. Pope Francis will publish an autobiography next year in which he recounts memories of historical events from the outbreak of World War II to the collapse of the Twin Towers on September 11th. The book was co-written by Vatican journalist Fabio Marchisi Ragona, who interviewed Pope Francis for Italian television specials in 2021 and 2022. 
According to the publisher, the book will feature the Pope's recollections on the start of World War II, the Nazi campaign to exterminate the Jews, the atomic bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the collapse of the two towers, and the great economic recession of 2008 and COVID-19 pandemic. The Pope's book, which is not classified as a memoir, will also touch on current global issues such as abortion, racial discrimination, climate change, social inequalities. Pope Francis has authored numerous books, including a book-length interview with a Spanish missionary title. The Pope's first book, The Name of God is Mercy, became a New York Times bestseller back in 2016. Oregon Governor Tina Kotak posted on Twitter X last night that her office had secured a mediator to serve during negotiations between Portland Public Schools and the Portland Association of Teachers to end the teacher strike that's kept students out of the classroom for nearly a week. The governor also said she asked the state's financial officer, Kate Nass, to make sure the two sides are looking at the same numbers as they debate about whether the district can afford the teachers' demands. The district argues it doesn't have enough money to give the teachers what they want unless they make major cuts. In turns, the teachers say the money's there, especially if the district uses what it has in reserve. Classes again today are canceled in Portland Public Schools. Just in time for the holiday season, the Port of Portland is expanding. I'm not talking about all the construction that's going on out at the airport. This time, they're expanding an app they launched earlier this year to help travelers with a range of disabilities navigate the airport with ease. The program started as a pilot program in January and has proven to be such a success, they're expanding it ahead of the busy travel season. For almost a year now, the Portland International Airport has been using an app called good maps to help passengers who need assistance get around the airport and here's how it works good maps uses your cell phone camera to help you get around you can type in your destination on the map or talk into it and it'll give you turn by turn directions the app is going to be available for travelers to use in all four concourses of the airport and portland international airport currently is the only airport on the West Coast that uses this type of app to help travelers. They were pointing out if you uh, are blind or legally blind or deaf and you have difficulty, you know, navigating the airport, they said it has been working beautifully and they've had people using the app who do have different types of disabilities. They use it and they say, what an incredible tool it is. Oh, that is fantastic. As long as it can get me to the food court, I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> There's lots of good food at the oh, Portland Airport. Oh, my goodness. I, I get out there, and, you know, at least an hour early before every flight just so I can eat. <laughs> it's, it's delicious. <laughs> oh. In Tuesday's election, an overwhelming majority of Salem voters opposed the safe pay, pay, Salem payroll tax. As of 4.30 this morning, vote totals showed slightly over 82% of voters against the tax, while just 18% supported it. The tax, which would go toward paying for emergency services, would cost Salem workers, whether they live in Salem or not, about $40 a month, and it was met with significant resistance when it was first announced back in July. City officials report that Salem will have a $19 million shortfall in its general fund over the next few years, and now officials will have to figure out a different way to make up for that. Well, farewell to the pandas. 
Hmm. The pandas at the Smithsonian National Zoo in Washington, D.C. are leaving the U.S. and heading back to China. After spending 23 years in the U.S., the pandas Mei Jing, Tian Tian, Zhao Qi Ji will begin their long journey Wait, back to China. what was that China. middle one? <laughs> Tian Tian. Tian Tian. <laughs> You. So sweet. I, I, I laugh because I said there's no way I'm going to be getting through these names. Yeah, thanks. Welcome you did to better the party. than I would have. <laughs> well, these pandas, they are not little creatures at all. They're going to be moved via forklifts to a FedEx truck. They will then be transported to Dulles International Airport and moved onto the FedEx Panda Express <gasps> with their own custom decal and everything. The D.C. Panda's departure, though, comes after zoos in Memphis and San Diego have already returned the pandas to China. The Atlanta Zoo pandas, they're going to be going back in 2024. In 1972, the U.S. was given its first panda by China after President Richard Nixon normalized relations with China. The gift of panda from China was a practice that some have dubbed panda diplomacy. Right. Well, negotiations between the National Zoo and China to extend the contract broke down as Beijing continues to slowly pull its pandas from Western nations due to the declining relations. The pandas were originally expected to leave D.C. by early December, according to a news release. But the zoo moved that deadline up in line with a three year contract the zoo has with the China Wildlife Conservation so we will not get to see them here in the U.S. anymore. Oh, that is really. I, I, it's so sad. I mean, I remember when the pandas came in. I was I was in first grade when that happened. And I remember it. It was yeah. a big deal. So that's sad to hear. So FedEx is coordinating this logistics of getting the, the pandas back to China, right? Correct. So would that make it Panda Express? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's painted orange, too. <laughs> orange chicken. You got to do sports. Okay. And in sports, <laughs> hey, the Blazers are back in action. Uh, they uh, had that three game win streak in Sunday. They'll try to get another one started with a multi city trip for the second time this season. They're starting tonight against struggling Sacramento. Despite the Kings having a worse record than the be- rebuilding Blazers, they're listed as eight and a half point favorites for tonight's game. Following the game tonight, the Blazers will continue traveling south through California and take on LeBron James, the King, and the Lakers at the Staples Center Sunday night at 7. Well, the calendar has flipped to November, which means many are getting ready and a head start to look for the perfect Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. At Oldman Pass Snow Park in the Gifford Pincho National Forest, you can do more than recreate. And that's a good thing because there's no snow up there yet. Eventually, though, the parking lot will fill with people looking to enjoy the sledding hill and trails for snowmobiling and cross-country skiing. But before the snow comes, some are on the hunt for something else. If you're feeling adventurous and want a little family outing, you can go into the National Forest to harvest your own Christmas tree. Permits are available at Forest Service offices, certain local vendors, and online through recreation.gov. If the price compared to traditional Christmas tree farms has your attention, the pass is only $5, right? Ooh, wow. You can, the thing is, though, 
The forest roads, they're not plowed every day, so you do have to be ready for a little bit of weather. You will get a map showing where you can and can't harvest a tree, and when you buy that permit, it will also uh, find all of that mapping system online as well. Be sure to bring your tools, gloves, and if you plan on going to higher elevations to find a noble fir or silver fir, fir, you may want to bring a tarp so you can drag that tree back down to the car. And most importantly, you don't want to be like the Griswolds. You don't want to hike all the way out there only to find you didn't bring your saw with you. So <laughs> make sure you got everything with you and just have a good sense of adventure, but be prepared for sure. So $5 for the for the pass, the permit, and you can get out into the forest and uh, cut down your own Christmas tree. And you might year. want to leave Cousin Ed to get the house. <laughs> for sure. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And on Saturday, it is a pro monthly pro-life prayer outside South, outer Southeast Portland. All are welcome to join the Fatima prayer cells of St. Joseph the Worker and St. Henry Parishes as they pray the rosary every second Saturday of the month outside the Planned Parenthood building in Southeast Portland. Interdenominational prayer follows the rosary that begins at 11 o'clock. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Well, I think the fog is getting worse out there, but we will see some beautiful sunshine this afternoon. And uh, we've got that forecast just ahead for you. Plus, Father Ralph Weinman is here to tell us more about sacramentals. I'm eager to learn. That's just ahead next at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join Mater Dei Radio and Franciscan missionary Sister Anne-Marie Warren with the morning offering. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with this holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E, dot com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. 
What's the best way to stay on top of things in our local Catholic community? Mater Dei Radio's Hail Mary Media app is the perfect way to connect directly into all the exciting fall activities. And you can jump right into the middle of it all like a big pile of leaves. Simply search Hail Mary Media in the App Store or go to MontereyRadio.com and follow the instructions. In just minutes, you'll be accessing our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. Plus, set a customized schedule of your own prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also lets you tune in to the live broadcast of Mater Day Radio and download podcasts of all our original programming, including shows you won't find on the radio. Plus, you'll discover our Catholic lifestyle features, news, sports, fun fall festivities on the interactive community calendar, and much, much more. Get plugged directly into your local Catholic community with the Hail Mary Media app from Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 813 at Mater Day Radio. It's the morning blend with Brenda and Pat and the fog. I think it's getting worse, Brenda, but uh, we're going to see this burn off later this morning. Otherwise, cloudy through mid-morning, then this afternoon, sunny, going to be gorgeous. High 52. Get out and rake those leaves. Increasing clouds tonight. Low dropping to 38. Then tomorrow, the rain is back. 80% chance of rain after 10 tomorrow. High tomorrow is only going to reach 49. Ooh, so I'm going to get my parka out. Tomorrow. Yeah. Currently, though, it is 42 degrees at St. Rose Catholic Church up in Longview, Washington. And 40 at O'Hara Catholic School in Eugene. There are countless books about the sacraments, but few books about sacramentals. And these powerhouses of grace are often overshadowed, but should not be overlooked. Well, there's a new book out that will help you understand various types of sacramentals and receive the abundance graces that overflow from their use. Sacramentals, their meanings and spiritual use out by Sophia Institute Press. The author, Father Ralph Vyman, he has succeeded in closing this gap by striking a proper balance between the natural and the supernatural, between reason and revelation. Father Ralph is joining me today all the way from Germany. Good morning, Father Weiman. Thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning, Radio Matade. It's wonderful to have you. You said good morning, although I know it's just, well, right around your supper time. So I appreciate so much joining us today and talk about these wonderful gifts, these sacramentals that are given to us to use to help strengthen our faith. For our listeners, give us a just that definition of what is a sacramental and how they have become used in uh, our church. Sacramentals contain usually three elements, so it's easy to remember. The first one is it's always a sacred sign. For example, the sign of the cross or the hands which you lay on someone and so forth. It's always a sacred sign. Then the second one is they signify effects, particularly of a spiritual kind. So they produce spiritual effects of healing, for example, of liberation, of different types of grace and so forth. So they can be a powerful help for your daily life when you make, for example, the sign of the cross and so forth. And the third one, they are obtained through the intercession of the church. So the whole church is somehow involved here. So the intercession power of the church is present whenever you use the sacramentals. And for that reason, it's so important that you know how they work and that you use them in your daily life. 
Father, we use these sacramentals daily life. I think for me, one of the first things I think about is the rosary. Is that is that what a sacramental is, or does it is it beyond just the item itself? You said the hands or the water. What are those things then that are sacramentals that we use every day? Oh, the rosary is a sacramental, as well as, for example, the miraculous medal and so forth, and. How do they turn into a sacramental? It's a very interesting question. So by a blessing. So they are blessed by a priest usually or a bishop, a cleric. And through the blessing, they, that's the sacred sign, they signify effects and produce a spiritual effect. So the person who uses the rosary, a blessed rosary, can obtain certain graces just by using them. How this works is all explained in this book. The name of that book is Sacramentals, Their Meaning and Spiritual Use. It is out by Sophia Institute Press. Father Ralph Weiman is joining me today. He's the author of that book. Well, there are some some different kinds of blessings. I have seen a a priest bless a rosary with a, a, a simple sign of the cross over it. Wedding bands are blessed during a ceremony. And then there are things that go a little bit further like the scapular, there is actual enrollment prayers that go along with it. Does every sacramental have a unique blessing for whatever it happens to be in order for it to receive that full grace that, that it's meant to provide? The general principles can be applied to all sacramentals. And the general principles are usually two. One is The first is you purify. For example, you want to bless an object, so you purify it first. You would do the same if you would use a cup, right? So you won't use a cup that is dirty in order to drink, uh, we as Germans would say, beer, for example, right? No, you would use a clean cup. And so you're the same. So the sacramental usually cleans first, so there might be any contamination from the evil spirit or other things. And then the second is you invoke the sanctifying grace. And this is the principal structure which should be applied, should be applied for all sacramentals. And then, of course, the scapula has a specific, a specific blessing, a different one than the miraculous medal, for example. And that's due to the tradition. I said at the beginning that the intercessory power of the church or the church's intercession is always present in each sacramental. So they developed within the tradition of the church. Now, a scapula, for example, is blessed according to the Camelite tradition, which is a very powerful tradition in which you are part of this big community, a community visible on earth and invisible in heaven. And all this intercedes for us whenever you bless this according to the indicated um, prayers. For that reason, the prayers are also approved by the church, especially by Rome. By the, by the Roman church. So usually they have to be approved by the church in order to be used. And whenever when these elements come together and the faithful use them with faith, really with faith, and they participate in it, then they can obtain spiritual graces of any kind. Father Weiman, sacramentals can often be mistook as a, like an amulet, that just by having it or holding it, there's the power. What is our response for those who use these things? You mentioned the miraculous medal. I have one around my neck that I wear every day. What is my then responsibility in order to wear this and have faith that it will, will provide for me the blessing and graces that it is intended? The sacramentals work totally differently from the sacraments. 
The sacraments work by the fact that the writers performed. So Christ is present and he's the one acting within the sacraments. Now, within the sacramental, it's different. It's due to the action and prayer of the church of the person who receives the blessing or who wears the medal. In other words, it's not enough just like uh, as, um, an amulet, as you just said, just to wear it. No, you have to live a life that corresponds to Christ's commandments. If you do so, if you live a life that corresponds to a living relationship with Jesus Christ, then, then, only then, these sacramentals can unfold a tremendous amount of grace and will support you in your daily life. But that's the way how it works. So no magical practice, no magical understanding. First of all, you have to accept Jesus Christ as your as your savior and redeemer. And if you do so, then these sacramentals will add other elements that are very important for your daily life. Oh, I appreciate that for our daily life. So many things that we do just really bring us the grace to have these gifts, these sacramentals, again, gifts from God that we give praise for. Father, I give thanks for your time today. I really appreciate you spending time with us today. And before we end our conversation today, will you end us in prayer and your priestly blessing? Yes, I'd like to invoke the Holy Spirit because he's the one who is supposed to guide us. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. Lord, by the light of the Holy Spirit, you have taught the hearts of your faithful. In the same spirit, grant us to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you and everyone who is listening to Radio Mata Dei. Uh, thank you so much and God bless you too. Again, that is Father Ralph Lyman. The name of his book, Sacramentals, Their Meaning and Spiritual Use. It is out by Sophia Institute Press. I will be sure to add a link to where you can get right to Sophia, purchase a book for yourself. You will find that link on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's the Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat, 822. And you know, we are getting really close to Thanksgiving and going to be feasting and then Advent, Christmas, New Year's. I know if you're like me, you need to stock up on a lot of things around the house. Well, every time you go shopping during the holidays, you could help Catholic Radio. You could help us right here by shopping for the cause. It's the Fred Meyer Community Reward Program, and we're one of the beneficiaries of that, but you need to get signed up and it's easy to do it. All you have to do to get all the details and get signed up, shop for the cause at materdayradio.com and you'll be helping Catholic Radio and helping yourself at the same time. Support for Materday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Alex Nelson, Stewardship and Development Officer of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. 
Archbishop Alexander Sample invites you to attend a special pilgrimage to Rome to visit the heart of the church and celebrate vocations to the priesthood and religious life. This 11-day pilgrimage from September 25th through October 5th, 2024, will include stops in Siena, Florence, Assisi, and Orvieto. Pilgrims will experience private guided tours and have the opportunity to visit magnificent churches, holy places, museums, and Roman ruins. Pilgrims will also get to attend the diaconate ordination of American seminarians at St. Peter's Basilica in Rome with Archbishop Sample presiding, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. For more information, visit our website, archdpdx.org rome archdpdx.org slash Rome. Thank you and God bless you. Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on, where a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Day Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary, it's Mater Day Radio, 825 and just ahead, well, the new college football playoff poll is out. Looks just like the one last week, but the Ducks and the Beeves are in the mix. We'll tell you about that next. All right, and in a desperate attempt to save the life of their child, the Italian government grants citizenship to an English baby so that she might receive care at the Vatican Hospital. I'll have her story for you coming up in news. This is Sanctus Real. Jesus loves you. And we are Brenda and Pat on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Walking in the church on Sunday, just a kid never knowing that someday every worry I'd find would follow me all of my life. Nervous sitting there in the classroom.
was on Sunday My daughter standing close beside me All the things that I felt She feels them as well She's holding my hand so tightly At the classroom door before I leave I knelt down next to her Whispered the very same words I said Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. You better believe it. Jesus loves you. That's Sanctus Real with the good news. It's 8.30. The Vatican's Pediatric Hospital has offered to treat eight-month-old baby Indy Gregory after a British court ruled that she be removed from life support against her parents' wishes. Gregory, who was born in February, suffers from a rare degenerative microchondrial disease and has been receiving life-sustaining treatment on a ventilator at the Queen's Medical Center in Nottingham, England. After England's high court ruled that it was in the child's best interest to be taken off life support, Gregory's parents appealed to take her to Rome for treatment an appeal that was denied by a British judge over the weekend. The Italian government decided in an emergency meeting on Monday to grant the critically ill child Italian citizenship and to cover the cost of her medical treatment at the Vatican's Bambino Yezu Hospital. With the newly granted Italian citizenship, the child's parents, Dean Gregory and Claire Staniforth, can appeal to the Italian consulate in Britain to request that their daughter be airlifted to Italy for treatment. Ohio voters approved a constitutional amendment on Tuesday that ensures access to abortion and other forms of birth control. Ohio became the seventh state where voters decided to give abortion access after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last year. It was the only state to consider a statewide abortion issue on the ballot yesterday. The outcome of the intense off-year election could be a bellwether for the 2024 presidential election when Democrats hope the abortion issue will energize voters. Voters in Arizona, Missouri, and elsewhere around the country are expected to vote on similar abortion measures next year. The Knights of Columbus reached a major milestone this month when they donated their one millionth coat through their Coats for Kids program on November 6th. During an event held at Annunciation Catholic School in Denver, Supreme Knight Patrick Kelly took part in the distribution of nearly 1,000 new coats to underprivileged children in five Denver Catholic schools. The no donation of coats was accompanied by a donation of $10,000 to each of the five schools involved. 
Since 2009, the Knights have provided high-quality new winter coats to children in need, with coats being distributed at 49 U.S. states and all 10 Canadian provinces. And coats have been distributed on U.S. military bases and Native American and First Nation reservations in the U.S. and Canada. Kelly pointed out that the Knights are seeing more and more in increased needs for coats this time of year. Well done, Brother Knights. Clackamas County Catholic Charities of Oregon and their partners opened Good Shepherd Village yesterday with 142 affordable apartment homes in Happy Valley. Good Shepherd Village sets a tone for affordable housing in Oregon's smaller communities, where until now the notion has been that major affordable housing developments were something just for big cities. The colorful development includes the 1,000th home created under the $652 million Metro housing bond passed by Portland area voters back in 2018. Good Shepherd Village will be home to hundreds of families, seniors, and veterans who have struggled with the region's high housing cost. Residents who have been homeless will receive social services and case management provided by Catholic Charities of Oregon and funded by Clackamas County. The village is the first affordable housing in Happy Valley and the largest development of its kind in Clackamas County. The Vancouver City Council on Monday voted to approve an emergency declaration related to homelessness in the city. The state of emergency will give them authority to unilaterally issue executive orders on homelessness while it remains in effect. According to city officials, efforts to address homelessness in Vancouver over the last several years have not been able to equal the growing complexity and scale of the issue. The emergency declaration is supposed to allow the city more flexibility in making quick decisions and used only in the most critical situations. The declaration itself, the city cites the influx of fentanyl as a major contributor of unsheltered homelessness, reducing the ability of outreach workers to engage with people on the streets. The city's homelessness response team reported seeing a rise in untreated mental and behavioral health issues, weapons and violence, environmental hazards, and overdoses. And according to city officials, the emergency declaration won't just allow them to be more aggressive in, will not allow them to be more aggressive in clearing problem campsites. It will allow them to expedite opening more shelters. Ohio State remained number one in the college football playoff rankings last night with Georgia, Michigan, and Florida State following behind the Buckeyes as the selection committee stood pat with its top eight teams. Washington was fifth, followed by their rival, the Oregon Ducks, Texas, and Alabama in at eighth. Oregon State was 12th in the poll at 6-2. and two. This weekend sets up as one with potential shaking up of the poll as uh, the Bulldogs of Georgia host Mississippi, the committee's ninth-ranked team, and the Wolverines of Michigan take on Penn State, which is ranked 10th. Washington also faces a ranked team. Number 18 Utah comes to Seattle for a big game on Saturday. When visiting a cemetery, especially one that has a rich history behind it, you will likely encounter various symbols etched into each gravestone. Some are obvious and related to the specific person buried there, but others are more general and related to Christian concepts. To help you decipher these symbols, here are five of the most common that you might see and their Christian meaning. So the first we see is R.I.P., of course, we understand that to mean rest in peace. It originally stood for the Latin 
requisicat and pace. I think that's a better way to say that, requisite, but that means, yeah, rest in peace. And as part of that longer prayer, eternal rest grant unto him, O Lord, let perpetual light shine upon him. May he rest in peace. Okay. So that's a prayer that you're putting on there. How about an anchor? Now, that doesn't mean Popeye was buried there at <laughs> all. In the early centuries of Christianity, the symbol was adopted by Christians and often used in Roman catacombs. It is believed that part of the inspiration came from the following passage from the letter to Hebrews, where it says, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into our inner shrine behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. I, that, I'm glad you solved that mystery for me because I've seen the anchor on things uh, several times, so I, especially some of the older, very older mm-hmm. uh, tombstones. And I'm thinking I might do that. I like that. That's beautiful. And it's also, the anchor is one of faith, hope, and charity. Yeah, I think that the right. anchor is part of those, that symbolism also that you see. Yeah, it is. And it's, uh, you know, the Knights of Columbus also adhere to the anchor too. So there you go. On, onto the Lord, I will anchor my life. Huh? Yeah. Pull me along. IHS. You uh-huh. see that too. And that's funny because that is just simply the first three Greek letters of Jesus' name. IHS. That's why we use that. A, a clasped hand or, you know, hands huh. coming together. The common symbol on gravestones could mean a farewell to the earthly life and a welcoming of heavenly life. I think that's beautiful. It could also simply mean friendship or represent the love the deceased person had for others. And then lastly, a wreath. A common symbol used in classical Christian art is the laurel wreath or crown. In the ancient world, the crown signified many things and Christianity adopted it to signify the crown that is awarded those who go to heaven. On gravestones, it signifies the person's hope in heaven that they too will be awarded that crown on account of the life they led. Awesome. Another symbol of hope, a laurel leaf. I'm wearing mine today. (laughs) It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. On November 14th, that's next Tuesday, Young Catholic Professionals Virtue Panel will be on Perseverance. Young adults in their 20s and 30s are invited to YCP's Executive Panel Discussion. It is a free event uh, for YCP members and $15 online. They have a great panel, including Rudy Munzel, Sister Charlene Hendricks, and Daniel Jones. He is the past president of Sierra Club International. The event will have a reception following the event. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, speaking of the virtues, we're all trying to live a virtuous life and grow in holiness. And one of the best ways we can do that is through the sacrament of reconciliation. How do you get your kids to go, mm-hmm. though? That could uh, that could be a challenge. Uh, we'll tell you more about that with some tips on the second cup after we check that foggy weather forecast next. 
Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. In chapter 4 of his rule, St. Benedict reminds us never despair of God's mercy. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. This important phrase catches us by surprise because he slips it in at the end of a long list of good works we should practice. St. Benedict is reminding us that when we have done all we are supposed to, we must finally entrust everything to God's mercy. We believe that God is so merciful that he sent his Son to suffer and die in order to restore the beautiful creation we had disfigured by our sin. Only God's mercy can, in the end, repair all the evil and hurts that we inflict on one another. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E, MinuteMonk.com. If we can just remember God's mercy in times of trouble, we can bear these difficulties and look forward to that day when all will be healed. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Modern Day Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Modern Day Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at modernrayradio.com. 842 at Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's the morning blend with Pat and Brenda. Foggy out there. I thought it would be gone by now, but I think it's building up. Uh, it will be gone later this morning, I promise. And we'll see gradual clearing. Sunny this afternoon. Good day to rake the leaves. High of 52. Although increasing clouds tonight, low dropping to 38. Tomorrow, rain is back. High of 49 and an 80% chance of rain. So cold and rain. Enjoy the sunshine today. Get For out there. sure. As soon as it comes out, because it's not out yet <laughs> no, here on not. Sylvan Hill. <laughs> Currently 45 degrees at the Proto-Cathedral of St. James the Greater in Vancouver. And 42 here on the west side at St. Pius X in Beaverton. Out of coffee? No need to worry. Mater Day Radio is brewing a second cup of the morning blend. Patrick, we almost ran out of coffee here at Mater Day Radio. It was a crisis. It was. It was. Aaron saved us. He went and got coffee. But I picked up big bags of, of St. Drogo coffee yesterday at the Grotto. Because the, the Grotto, in addition to being our friend, is also our coffee supplier. <laughs> Thank we goodness get the, the St. Drogo coffee. It's so good. If you get a chance to out to the Grotto, stop in the gift shop, get yourself a bag of that St. Drogo coffee, and uh, enjoy. Enjoy. Because... 
it keeps our second cup full. It does keep our second cup full. I'm going to need a little boost here to get through the day and then to go home and practice or rake up all those leaves that I've been talking <laughs> about. And it's not only my yard. God bless our neighbors. They're good sports because while they appreciate our big uh, maple tree in our front yard in the summertime because it gives them a whole lot of afternoon shade. I mean, it literally covers, it shades their whole front of their house in the summer. <laughs> It drops all of at least half its leaves on their yard as well as our yard. But they're like, yeah, it's all right. We'll just, you know, we'll go over there and rake their leaves up. Okay, too, though. I want to remind you, bearing false witness is a sin. OK, that means okay. I have to get out there and do it. <laughs> you got to get out there and do it or you got to go to confession. That's right. Yeah, that's an important thing. So we're in this fall season now, and I'm beginning to see a few stories about people talking about going to uh confession with their children. Those second graders are preparing. This is a big year for them because they are preparing for their first Holy Communion. Uh And the sacrament that they do before their first Holy Communion is the Sacrament of Reconciliation. So uh, faith formation teachers, they're working on this with that grade and trying to help them understand the beauty of this. It is beautiful. But it can be frightening for a little one. And I always laugh because I tell the story of one of my children, he who will not be named at this point, uh, (laughs) because there's only one. But when he was in the second grade, he's learning about it. And he said, I just don't even know what I would tell the priest. I don't know what I would say. And I said, oh, dear, don't worry. I got a list for you already made up. (laughs) But you do. (laughs) It can be intimidating. And so many priests, especially where there are schools and young priests, they really want to make this not a frightening, you know, experience for them, but something warm and welcoming. And so priests are so generous with welcoming the children to the sacraments. And so I thought today we'd spend a little bit of time talking about how you can at home make this easier for your children. And at the same time, Maybe that'll make that easier for you also. Ah, good. To go okay. to confession. I, I need this. Right. So I this is this. important. So the first thing to do if you have a children, and it's always the first step in every good confession, is an examination of conscience. Now you can do this as a family. And what you can do is, you know, read a confession guide. And every parish has them. You can get them online also. And do that at night together. You don't have to tell each other what your sins are. That is not what this is about. But this is about going through the list and explaining what these are. Now, at Holy Redeemer, there is a great pamphlet, and I just pick one up, and it goes through the full examination of conscience. But what is wonderful about it is it does have many uh, suggestions or situations that you wouldn't think of are part of the commandment like you know thou shall not murder well right. but there's it's more it's not just no nah, i didn't take a gun or did, you know i didn't end anybody's life but there is a more to that commandment an unkind word that's yeah, it right that's it so as a family you can go through this together the one that gets me though brenda are these sins of omission you know, oh those sure. are really kind of difficult to remember yeah so again and it's also good to if you need to write them down huh? there you do need to write them down because also uh, for kids they get nervous and what do you do <laughs> your mind goes blank Adults get nervous too <laughs> you do and so you just have that list and if you need additional help the priest in the confessional will help you along 
that it's okay to say this. It's been a while. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm doing this right. And they'll, they will help you. The next thing is to practice this. Now, again, this uh-huh. is not about doing the sins, but for every person, you th- if you wouldn't go up to a group of people and not practice a speech that you were given. The same thing goes for the confessional. Now, here's what you're going to do with them, though. Not go into the, a confessional at church, but maybe set up the chairs at home in a way that is similar to the confessional. And you go through the prayers. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. You know, it's been so long since my last confession. That would be for us. The kids would be saying, this is my first confession. And then you kind of, so that way they know that's what they do. And then they say their sins. And then they, at their end, did you ever use this phrase at the end? For these and all my sins, I am sorry. That was kind of the cue that we were taught in grade school, that that's what you say when you're done with what you've said. So that way the priest knows that uh, he can respond now to what you've you've confessed. For these and all my sins, I am sorry. Because there will be some that you will forget. And that's honest, for sure. Honestly, sometimes some of the venial sins you will not remember. Okay, uh, the big ones you do have to remember and, and confess. Oh, okay. I was looking for the loophole. And then what you can do is help and pray the act of... Um, contrition. Contrition, yeah. exactly. And pray that together so it's that way they know prayer. that. Oh, absolutely. So again... Practice makes perfect. Many parishes will do this during their faith formation classes uh, as a group, but they will have a visit to the church and they will actually have an opportunity to go. If they're going to do it in a confessional, they'll be able to go in, see what it is. A lot of times priests will be there with the children and explain to them this process this is what it looks like on the inside. Here's what I'm going to be doing. Here is the purple stole that I do and prepare myself. Uh, again, everything that we can do to make it seem less frightening. Yeah, that's intimidating. It's like, what's going on in that that little room? Yeah, what's yeah. in there? Uh-huh. So let them go in and actually see what it looks right. like when you can. And then the lastly, and this is this is it. Start a family tradition. Start a tradition where you go to confession once a month and then go out for a fun treat afterwards. You could have confession followed by a bowling or a dinner night or go to a a family movie event, something that happens all together. And even as they are preparing for their first confession, it's great to also let them see you go to confession. Have them watch you on a Saturday or whenever your parish has confessions offering, you wait here and pray for me. Ask them, pray for me while I go to confession. That's important. That is that is vital. I will tell you, I still very vividly remember seeing my father go in for confession. And, and I, I recall that I think almost every time I go to confession now, it's like, Okay, this is, you know, this is what we do. This is, mm-hmm. this is, you know, the sacrament. And, uh, I am seeing more and more families together in I the guess, sacrament. It's it, it's so edifying and so uplifting to see a family there. It's a beautiful that. thing. Yeah. Uh, and then there there comes a time when children start to grow up a little bit and they are reluctant. And I, I've gone through <laughs> that in my own household. We're going to go early. I'm going to confession if you'd like to join me. And no, no, no. And then, but just after a while... They'll go, okay, 
I'll, I'll come with you. Uh, there's been a time or two where I've also said, this is the time you got to go. You've got to go for this bet, different reason too. I bet you were that calm and cool and collected about it. <laughs> well, I didn't want to yell in the middle of church either. So, uh, But it is, again, a beautiful sacrament. It is a gift. It really is to be able to have confession available to have your sins. Oh, it truly is. I mean, forgiven. God's greatest gift to us besides life is, is, is mercy. And, mm-hmm. and that's the tribunal of divine mercy. So if it's been a little while that since you've gone to confession, now is a wonderful time, the Thanksgiving, and especially during the Advent season. So look up on your parish bulletin, find out where it's happening almost every day of the week. In fact, I'm sure of it. Every day of the week, including Sundays, there are parishes that offer confession. And if you're telling people you're raking leaves and you're not, that is a (laughs) sin. Okay, I got to do it now. We hope you enjoyed today's second cup. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Madre Day Radio's Leadership Circle connects through AllSource Communications. Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? AllSource Communications is an independent local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at AllSourceCommunications.com. That's AllSourceCommunications.com or call 503-967-4887 for AllSource Communications. Connecting Madre Day Radio's Leadership Circle. I am Father Cedric Bizenia. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 8.54 at Mater Day Radio. Last check of weather. We still have that fog lingering, but I assure you it will burn off. Cloudy through mid-morning, then sunny this afternoon. High 52. Things change tonight. Clouds roll back in. Low 38. Tomorrow, an 80% chance of rain and a high only 49. Right now in the Rose City, we're looking at 42 degrees. And closing out our show today, here is Sarah Kroger, Standing in Your Light. And we are Brenda and Patrick on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
Matra Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. That's Sarah Kroger and standing in your light. Maybe that'll burn the fog off. What do you think, Brenda? I think so. It is 8.59. All right, time to rake those leaves. Okay. I've got to do it today. You you have to. This is the day. Or, I have to be a good neighbor. I For sure, I'm getting those leaves off the neighbor's yard. So see, there you go. So you can, you can eliminate that bearing false witness by telling me you're going <laughs> to rake the leaves and not doing it. And you can love your neighbor. Uh, okay, perfect. Man, perfect. Who knew that raking leaves would be such a strong virtue for me? <laughs> uh, that is going to wrap it up for us today on The Morning Blend. It is Wednesday. That means our good friend Miriam Marston will be blazing the trail this evening. I love that show. At 7.30. Now, what's even better is you'll be able to catch the podcast maybe a little bit earlier in the afternoon on the Hail Mary media app. We hope you have a blessed day.